Hey friend, welcome to But What If You Did. I'm your host, Allison. I'm a life coach, podcaster, and most importantly, a cat mom. On this podcast, we talk about the messy middle in life transition. As a generation, there is so much millennials were conditioned to not talk about, and the messy middle was definitely one of those things. So I'm breaking down the walls, doing things a little bit non-traditional, and having raw, vulnerable conversations with some of my closest friends. I interview personal development experts and wellness advocates to show you what's possible and help you build your toolkit so that you too can live a meaningful life on your terms. Ready to dive into today's conversation? I promise it's going to be epic. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of But What If You Did? I am so excited you decided to come hang for a bit today. So in today's conversation, I have invited Megan Siemens back. If you do not remember Megan, I will of course link the episode with Megan from season one down below. Megan came on to talk all about human design and life coaching It was a super powerful episode. I thoroughly enjoyed getting to know Megan. After that, we connected. We realized we lived local to each other. And since then, I have started working with Megan as one of my coaches. I'm not going to give away what exactly we're talking about in today's episode quite yet, but this was a big reflection episode for me. And Megan is here to reflect back to me what she's hearing and to help put some perspective behind some of these lessons for all of you. So on that note, I won't keep you waiting too much longer. The one thing I do want to preface with this episode is Megan is currently traveling abroad. And so we recorded this episode a few days ago at five in the morning, which I do reference in the episode. During that time, I realized that I enjoy saying the light, the word, wow, see, words are hard. And I say the word like a lot. Both things happen in the episode. So real life and time of what you can expect. But on that note, I it was a super great episode to record. I think you guys are really going to enjoy the conversation. I do apologize for the sheer number of times that I say like, but I guess that's what you get at five in the morning. I hope you guys have a great week and I will catch you on the flip side. Hi, Megan. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you back. I'm so pumped. This is going to be such a special episode too. (laughs) So I haven't told my listeners what this episode is yet. I figured I'd keep them in the dark with my intro. So um, today well, when this episode releases, is my 35th birthday. And so Megan and I thought we would come on here and reflect on a bunch of life lessons from my 35th year of life. Um, Megan is one of my life coaches. And yeah, I think this is going to be a super powerful episode and just fun to banter about. But before we get into talking about my life lessons, Megan, remind everyone who you are and what you do and when you were last on the podcast. Oh, thank you. So I am a life and energy coach who loves to infuse human design into the work. And I really love to help leaders reawaken their magic uh, so that they can live their own kind of extraordinary. And I was on here talking all about human design uh, and how that can be a tool to really support you to lead your own path, write your own story. Um, I truly believe we all have our own unique energy and there's no cookie cutter approach uh, to creating your path to success. So we had a good conversation about that. (laughs) Yes. Um, and I've since had a full human design reading with Megan, which I'm sure we will touch on because I'm pretty sure that that's one of my biggest life lessons from the last year. Also, Megan is currently traveling abroad in where, where are you? I'm in Scotland Scotland right now. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So 
This is the epitome of a true coffee talk for me. I just want everyone to know that we're recording this at five in the morning, my time, which for those of you that know, like I am absolutely a morning person, but I don't ever get to record with a cup of coffee in my hand. So this is kind of fun. Might be a new thing. So yeah, it, I know when she was like, are you sure 5 a.m. is kind of early your time? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And we're just going to do it. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about life lessons from the last year. So I think probably the first one that comes to mind for me is that for things to change, you have to do something different. Mm. And that was really apparent in my career. I felt very stuck. And this is something Megan and I have talked about many times. And I knew that I was working towards coaching and this other stuff on the side, but I was still very stuck in my day job. And that was making my energy stagnant. It was making my opportunities stagnant. Like it was just rubbing off in so many different directions. And I had that moment of like, oh, I'm telling everyone else to go do something different. Why am I sitting here not doing something different if I want to change my life? And I think that was a pretty powerful lesson for the year. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you say that kind of inspired this whole podcast? (laughs) It did. And yet I didn't take my own advice for a long time. It's one of those you give the advice to other people and then you don't listen to yourself and then you like reflect back on it and you're like, oh, man, I had some good advice. Why did I give it to everyone else and not take it for myself? And I feel like that's a pretty common thing that people do. Yeah. Can we like, I mean, we're already going to go. We're already going rogue here. Uh, I'm so curious. Like, (laughs) what do you feel like it was for you that took it from like, I'm giving this advice out, but I'm not listening it to finally, I'm going to listen to it. Like, what was that for you? I was driving home one day. I realized that like, It wasn't a bad day at work, but I just was like ruminating on stupid things that had happened all day. And I was sitting at a stoplight and I'm like, this is so dumb. Why am I still thinking about this stuff? Like I left work 20 minutes ago. This shouldn't still be an issue. It's wearing me out. And then I literally said out loud to myself, I was like, are you actually happy in this job? And like my gut visceral reaction was no. And for me, a yes or a no can be a pretty powerful statement. And it was a very clear no for me. And so it was, no, I think I need to think about this different. And then it was, I started to think about how many conversations I have like this with some of my peers and my partner, and they had all left their job that they were very comfortable in as well um, within the previous months leading up to that. And they were all thriving and so much happier. And yet here I am sitting in the car being like, work was fine today and I'm not happy. So like, why, why am I still doing that? And that was when I had one of my uh, favorite podcasters. I just like literally heard her say in the back of my mind, if you want to improve, you have to get in the room with people that are going to make you grow. Why was I sitting here waiting when I have these resources in my backyard that can elevate the way I think about things. And so I went home and I basically, I rage applied. I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to put in an application. I didn't think anything of it. I didn't overthink. I literally just pulled off stuff that didn't seem relevant and put in my resume and didn't put a cover letter, didn't put anything like additional, just sent it in. And two weeks later is when they called. It was just kind of that, oh my God, my body's been telling me no for a while. And I just ignored it. Why am I doing that? And it just, I have to do something different. It's so good. And so what I'm hearing from you, and I feel like what could like really benefit your listeners as well is one, listen to your body because it's so full of so much simple wisdom and potent wisdom, right? And it's like, it's always there. We can always access it. And two, I think the other thing is 
it's amazing what can happen when you make space, like what can come in when you simply mm. make space, even if you don't know what's going to come in or like what's next. Yeah. It's just amazing what comes through when you do create that space. Okay. I'm fully aware I'm going to lose count of what lessons we're on, but hit us with lesson number two. That's fine. <laughs> so lesson number two is a pretty random one, but I learned how much um, re-engaging with my like inner child and creative side has been like super impactful. I started doing scratch art when I was going through the Daydreamers program. And that is like the most relaxing thing for me. It's just a different form of like, almost like journaling for me. Sometimes I just scratch art words. Sometimes it's places in nature. Sometimes it's like visions of things that I want to come true. Sometimes when I like feel like I have like a mental block and journaling just doesn't feel like I go down this road of like, all right, time to break out the scratch art. That was a really powerful lesson because I think a lot of us get away from our inner child and our creative spirits that are so potent when we're younger. And then we think that it's weird to do that kind of stuff now when really like that stuff is actually what I learned through Daydreamers is, you know, how we can fight burnout and how we can recreate ourselves now. And so that was a really powerful lesson for me was to like not be afraid of my inner child and to kind of just be playful with it. I love that. I think play is like such a superpower and like medicine we can uh, just so easily access. I love that one so much. I remember you told me about the scratch art and I was like, that's so cool. I mean, there were other things that they sent. I think I had acrylics at one point. I had some paint. And it was actually really interesting because at one point they sent us paper and uh, like chalk kind of pencil things. Mm. And um, then they would be like, okay, now go paint over everything you did and start over on top of it. And like almost made your own version of scratch art because then it was like you painted over it black. But I just made this beautiful picture. Like, why would I paint over it black? And it was like literally like an exercise in like retraining your mind that things didn't have to be perfect and how you can do things that are like against what your brain wants to do. It's counterintuitive to make this picture that you really like and then paint over it black and not be able to see it at all. But what it was teaching you was like, things don't have to be perfect. You are resilient. You can draw a new picture on top of that. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool too. It's so cool. So friends, go to a craft store, pick up some random stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get to creating. <laughs> it was just, and it's so simple. Like, I think that that's, I think that's really probably the overall theme of like a lot of these lessons is like some of these things are so simple to do and yet they're also simple not to do, but it's the simple things that actually transform your life. Mm. Like double click on that, put that on a tweetable. Yes. <laughs> All right, so lesson number three, change is rarely as scary as we expect it to be. I think, I mean, this goes back to a lot of the premise of the podcast too, but like advice mm-hmm. I once again didn't listen to, but like we make change feel like it's going to be the scariest thing in the world. I mean, my last wor- week at my old job, like I sobbed like half the week because it was like saying goodbye to this huge chapter in my life and people that had turned from friends into family and that and like here's the thing like know that you're going to move on to a new chapter of your life and like you intuitively know and inherently know that you're not going to keep all of those friends even if you were best friends like you were friends because of circumstance to some extent and when you're out of sight out of mind you're going to have your few good friends that like are right there with you the whole time because you've made friends for life but you also have a lot of friendships that you're going to have to 
part with and say goodbye to. And you're going to find different people draining that you didn't find draining before. Um, And so I think that that was like a big realization for me that it was okay to release some of that from my life, but also it was okay to be anxious and nervous about change. At the end of the day, like nervous and excited come off as the same. And I think I was really more excited for it. And I've really stepped into that excited more than that fear. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's been pretty powerful to kind of just like work through for myself. That's so good. And I feel like it comes back to the simplicity theme, as you said, of our brain tries to make things so big and like overcomplicate yeah. them. And like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? What about if we went this way and then this happened and then all of a sudden you're in this like giant maze mm-hmm. of overcomplicatedness? That's a word. Yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> what if it was... Oh, it's simple? fine. I've got more made up words coming. <laughs> yes. Very excited for that. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, you overcomplicate everything. And then it was like, I was down these like, what if paths around like, there's a recession coming. What if I get laid off? What if I'm not good at this job? And then it was like, well, what's the worst that happens? Okay, well, you really got to figure out your coaching business then. Oh, you go back to your old job who's already messaging me at least every other week asking how I'm enjoying my new job. What's the worst that's going to happen? Like I'm the chances of me not being able to figure it out I mean, I lived an eight-month furlough when I figured it out. So, yeah, which kind of leads me to my next lesson, which is, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever read Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figure Outable, but, like, that's where my brain has gone so many times this year. It's like, stop wondering when you're not going to figure it out because everything is figure outable, and you do always figure it out. So I think it was, like, kind of learning to have that, like, self-trust. I know you know that self-trust has been a big issue for me for a while and something that we've worked on pretty extensively Um, but I think that that was pretty powerful for me too, to just kind of like realize that I was more easily making that mind shift. So mind shift, God, guys, it's five in the morning. This is (laughs) mindset shift (laughs) myself rather than waiting for someone else to tell me to make that shift. I think Mm. sometimes when you're working with a coach, like you kind of wait for the coach to like help you reframe that for yourself over and over and over again. Um, and it does take some time, you know, I run into this with like my direct reports all the time of like, I'm trying to help them like shift a perspective on something. And like, they really have to hear it from you like seven, eight, nine, 10 times sometimes before they're able to like tune into that muscle for themselves and have that muscle memory kick in. Um, so I think that was kind of a cool thing for me to be like, oh, like I am actually making this change for myself now, instead of being afraid of everything or like worrying about what everything is going to lead to, it turned into like, oh, Everything's figure outable, and I'm just going to do it, figure it out, because that's what I always do now. Mm. What do you think the most important thing you learned about self trust has been? Is it that everything's figure outable, or is there something like even a layer deeper that feels like, oh, that that was the thing? Mm. I think a lot of the self trust is honestly coming from listening to my body and then mm. trusting that. So, like, I've had a few like pretty challenging situations come up in my new role as a leader that I have, like I said, I have eight direct reports right now and um, they're bi-coastal. So like four of them, I don't even see, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I see them virtually through a screen every day. I don't really get that in-person connection time with them. And, um, you know, in my first couple of weeks, I'm not even sure if I told you this, but like literally my day three, they said, here, you have a coordinator position open on your team. Here are the resumes. Who do you want to hire? And it was like, oh, okay, like we are, we're jumping in. We're going to go figure this out. 
And as I was going through interviews, it was like there was one particular candidate where like I walked out of the room and I was like, nope, that's the person. Like I just had a really strong like that's the yes. This is who I'm looking for. That she, They're the right fit. They have the right skill. I think they can do this quickly. And I was so confident in it. And it was not who the other people wanted me to go with right away. And for whatever reason, I felt very strongly about this. And I trusted that. Old Allison would have just, no, you're, you're right. I do see what you mean. Like, absolutely. I think, you, you know what? I think we could be good with this person too. And it was like, for me, it was like, no, I feel very strongly that this other person, and they've worked out wonderfully. They're a great addition to the team. It just was really reaffirming for me. And then, you know, like I had another situation this week that was like kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Like it wasn't a, a happy, pleasant situation, but it was, do we do this or do we do this? And I had a strong feeling that was different. And I, from the beginning was like, I can't get behind this decision and act in my integrity. And that's important to me. And it was like, once again, it was like that visceral feeling in my body of like, this is a no, this is a hard no for me. Like, and I know those are just a couple of like situations, but like for me, I used to really struggle with that because of people pleasing. And I think that that's another thing that a lot of millennials come up against this is people pleasing. And we just have a really hard time saying no to that because that was how we had to like that's what we had to do to like stay in the game in the corporate world and life, right? Was we had to people please. And I think I've realized how powerful it is to listen to my own reactions and trust that and say, you know what? At the end of the day, if it's the wrong decision, that's okay. Like sometimes my gut feelings are not going to be right. But if I act in integrity to myself, that's what's important. And mm. that's where I think the self-trust muscle has started to develop more and more. Oh, it's so good. And it reminds me of the, there's a quote, no idea who's quoted it. That's okay. It's faith isn't real faith if you only believe in it when things are really good. And it's the same with self-trust, right? Mm. Like self-trust requires you to exercise it when it's uncomfortable and when it's stretchy yeah. and when there's friction. And that is when like full self-trust really comes in. Yeah. So good. Drop the mic. So good. <laughs> um, okay. So the next one, you're going to love this one because this one is Ooh. right from our stuff uh, and stuff we've worked on together. But I said, learning to work within my energy has really become one of my greatest superpowers. Instead of working yes. against my energy, I'm working with it. Yes. So and here it- goes your human design tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Let us go down a rabbit hole now. Okay. <laughs> But really, it even comes back to what you were just talking about of like, oh, it would be so easy to go with what everyone else's energy is saying. Like everyone else's energy is saying, go this way. Everyone else's energy is being pulled this way. But my energy is being pulled this way. And what if that was just as valuable? What if that opened new doors for all of the other people? And that's the thing when we tune into our own energy Like we give other people permission to see new perspectives, to open new doors and to understand their energy in new ways as well. Yeah. And I think that that's been, I mean, like for those of you that know human design, like I'm a generator. And so I think the most powerful thing for me is realizing that like when I'm in my joy and I'm doing things that light me up, 
my energy is infectious and people will follow me. And I think that that really for me and my new job has been so valuable because I now am so hyper aware of how my energy is showing up in the space. And when my energy is not good of being like, hey, I need to go work from home for a little bit or like, hey, I think I need to work from home day tomorrow and pulling myself out of it because I know how my energy impacts my team and the people that are around me. And I have to, when I'm really lit up, like people will buy into my ideas because I'm like, no, come with me. Like this is going to change the game for us. And so I feel like that's how I've gotten a lot of buy-in. Like I've made some pretty drastic changes to process and their career paths and how they, um, interact in their daily roles and they've been right there with me but like so much of it I know for me is just like really learning to show up in my powerful authentic energy Mm. and bringing them on the story with me rather than saying like hey we're gonna do it this way now like it's like no like we're gonna do this together and here's why I want you to come on this journey with me and they've been very invested in it and that's been like super cool to see It is so cool when you see people in their own energy working in collaboration. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But now, and this will go on a a slight tangent, but like when my nephew was born a few weeks ago, like literally the first thing I did was like, oh my God, I know his like birth date and time and everything. And I'm probably going to forget this after today. So I'm going to go look up his human design and he's a manifesting generator. Mm -hmm. Um, Gosh, now I can't remember what his profile was. But like, anyway, I think it was a five something. But I was like, oh, my God, like, this is going to be a game changer because I'm going to know how much better how to like interact with him and how to like help him learn to use his energy. And it just like it becomes this really cool, like hidden superpower that you have. And I just, yeah, yeah, I'm all about (laughs) it right now. It is so cool. And like kids are the purest example of how to use our energy in really authentic and aligned ways because they don't have all the conditioning and they don't have all of the stories. And you can actually just really see like now that you know he's a manifesting generator, like you'll be able to see what that buzz looks like and and how it shows up. And yeah, it's really special. Yeah, I'm so excited for it. Okay, so next life lesson. Morning yoga has this like really powerful impact on how my day starts. I was never a yoga person. And the last several months, like I've just had a really hard time with like hit workouts, weightlifting, mm. like it just hasn't felt good to me. And so I kind of shifted back to like, I have to be doing something. I have to be getting this energy because that's another thing for like as a generator, like energy just like is in my body all the time and I just, I have to release it somehow. And so like I have found other methods like shaking and just other things that are like really powerful, but yoga has been like really a good way to like start and just kind of flow into the day. Um, And I don't have time to do it every morning, but when I do, it definitely has a noticeable impact for me on how I start my day, like where my mindset starts and just like how I ease into the day versus when I don't have time for it. Like it's not bad. It's just different. I do feel an actual difference. And so I think that was a cool realization that like yoga can have a really powerful effect if you like stick with it and like don't think about it. Oh, I only did yoga this morning. Like, no, I did yoga and I held some pretty powerful poses and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, like it's changing from like, oh, yoga is like so soft and like airy to like, um, I actually did yoga and I'm kind of a badass. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it comes back to listening to your body and creating space. 
And I feel like that's mm. probably a really powerful way for you as a generator to to take that time to tune into your body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next one is it's been really powerful for me to stop apologizing for having boundaries in my business. That's mm-hmm. been a really big game changer for me. So podcasts, I used to try to like fit them whenever the guests that I wanted could be available. And then I realized that I was like shoving podcast episodes after work, which is not my prime of the day. Like I'm exhausted. Sometimes I have a headache. Like I just could not predict how my energy was going to be drained or feel after work. And so it wasn't helpful to me. And like, I couldn't predict traffic. And so I would like rush home trying to get to this podcast interview and it wasn't serving me. So then I finally just started sending out a, like a form to guests ahead of time to have them fill out. And I write on there, like right now, my life does not allow me to record outside of weekends. If you're unable to record on weekends, I will keep you on file for when I have like, you know, occasionally like I have a random Monday off because I had an appointment and Now I'm like, oh, I have three hours that I could actually dedicate to recording today. Like, and I will reach out to those people then, but I don't apologize for saying that I can only take coaching clients on weekends and I can only take podcast interviews on weekends. And up until this last year, like I literally would go out of my way to do, to force myself to work in times that were not good for me and my energy. And that was reflecting in the type of content that I was putting out. Um, and not building the business in a sustainable way. And so that was a pretty like, that was a pretty deep realization for me that it was like, more powerful to actually set the boundary. And I feel better about having set the boundary than before I did. Yeah, it's so good. And it benefits your energy, right? Can you feel that like, benefit to to how your energy is showing up you were talking earlier about how you're a generator and that you know, being in that deep satisfaction is so important, and we can all feel it. And so like feeling what those boundaries actually do for that satisfaction is, I mean, huge. Can you feel that difference even in your body? Yeah. 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 And like, I mean, you know, not everyone wants to have a 5 a.m. Uh, podcast conversation <laughs> with me. Now, I know it's not 5 a.m. your time, but like, um, but like these are like, I can do this stuff in the morning because I wake up renewed and energetic and excited and like and I can have a powerful conversation at this time of day I don't have that same ability at 5 p.m like afternoons for me are hard like that's my like lowest point in the day where like my body just wants rest and to reset and that's not the right time for me to do something that requires me to have like a good thought-provoking conversation right and so it's (laughs) Just kind of having and reflecting on what are those things for myself. Um, and once again, like how that feels in my body when I show up in the right headspace is different. Like I feel more expansive and more open and more vulnerable. And that's a big part of being able to deliver powerful content is like being in the right situation and yeah. being in the right setting. And, you know, so I think so much of this is like for me, it's just kind of it's a lot of lessons that have been swirling for the last couple of years that I just like now I feel like I've come into my wisdom on in a way. Mm, That's so good. I feel like there's like a bonus tip in there. Like I know that one was about boundaries, but I feel like there's a bonus tip on like learn your own cycles. Like whether that is like month to Mm. month or day to day, like do you operate better in the morning versus the evening or is it the other way around for you? And like, let it be okay if it doesn't match what society's told us our entire lives, like we must work nine to five 
that's not true. And it must be on weekdays. Also not true. (laughs) Right. Right. And like, that's, I think the other cool thing about it is it's like, I do actually like my nine to five right now. Mm. And because I actually like it and I can show up in good energy there, it also has allowed me to feel more expansive in my energy (sighs) in my side hustle. And for my side hustle to not feel like it's this thing that it's like, I have to do this. Like, And that's the other thing too, like sometimes I can't open my business email on the weekend. Like sometimes it takes me more than a couple of days to get back to people, but I try to be pretty clear with my coaching clients right now and with my podcast guests that like I'm navigating big transitions right now and sometimes I have to put myself first and that means that like you're not going to get a response right away. I will get back to you. I promise I've read the email, but sometimes I have to have the right headspace and energy and research to get back to you and I don't always have that every day. Like Mm -hmm. I have to work when my energy is right for that so that I'm not doing you a disservice. And that's been like, it's hard to tell people that, but it's also like nobody's really questioned it. And that's, I think, another one of those like what if moments where you like, you're like, well, what if they get really mad and they don't want to work with me? And it's like, well, then they probably weren't the right person for me. They probably weren't my dream client after all. And that's okay. Like worst thing that happens, I don't get a testimonial okay, like I'll try it again with someone that is more aligned. So it's, you know, it's kind of this like figuring things out again for the first time and going down new paths. And I think we're all going to hit these points where we're beginners again. And it's, it's just really powerful to kind of learn to lean into that rather than pulling away from it. Yeah, it's so true. There's like 20 bonus lessons in there, everyone. Just go rewind and listen to that whole part again and you'll find like 20 bonus lessons in there. <laughs> Okay, so now I've got a couple of like health-related ones. Okay. Um, so first of all, I've realized that when I actually take my supplements consistently that my functional medicine doctor has recommended, um, that, I know, weird, I actually feel a lot better. <laughs> you know, I-, I would go on a protocol that I know is supposed to help me with X, Y, and Z and balance my hormones and all of these other things that I did testing to like better understand, and then... I would have the supplements and I'd forget to take them 50% of the time. And I'm like, well, you know, you go back to the doctor and you're like, yeah, I'm taking them. And you're like, no, but are you really like, are you taking them at the same time every day consistently? Are you missing any, like, um, you know, some of them I've learned, like I have to take in the morning because otherwise they have an effect on me. Sometimes I can't take them right before bed. Sometimes I need to take all of them right before bed. Like it just depends. Um, But I think that realization was like, if you're going to invest in your health, like you should do the follow-up stuff that goes with it because it does actually matter and has an impact to some extent. (laughs) And then to tag on to that, my other couple of like health-related ones, so this is really like my next four bullet points, but they all go together. For me, feeling tired every afternoon is 100% blood sugar related. And learning to understand uh, glucose spikes has been pretty game-changing for me. Um, I have a hard time like adjusting my diet because I'm just a picky eater. And I know that's a label that I've like given myself and had for a long time that I'm like working on. But I also like I have a lot of aversions to textures with different foods. So it's not about taste. It's literally about texture for me. And that sometimes is like a hard thing to work through. But there was this I read this book called Glucose Revolution. It's from the Glucose Goddess Instagram account. And she gives these like really tactile, tangible tips on like how to better balance your um, glucose and your blood sugar spikes. And for me, like two really simple things were like when you eat a meal, you should eat your protein, then your fat, then your carbs. And that gives you like the lowest glucose spike. 
And so instead of me being like, okay, I'm going to eat the pasta with the chicken, sometimes now I just eat the chicken off the top of the pasta and then eat the pasta Mm -hmm. and then my glucose spike is going to be lower. So it's like something super simple to do, but also super simple not to do. That's been like a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. And then another one for me that was really helpful was she always says, like, don't eat your carbs naked. So like you should always put some kind of fat, like butter, Greek yogurt, like something on top of you know, I know Greek yogurt is more of a, like a protein and stuff, but like you always should put something on your carb because that will lower your glucose spike from the carb. And it was like two pretty simple things that just kind of stuck with my mind. And she was saying in the book, like the the hacks that work best for you are the ones that you remember without having to think about them. Right. And so it's like a couple of like really tiny things like that, that have been like huge for me. And now I notice if I have a glucose spike in the afternoon, that's when I get really tired and that's when I don't want to do anything. And it's like, well, you're right. I wasn't good about my glucose at lunch today. I didn't eat things in the the best order. Um, But that's kind of how you retrain your brain is one step at a time. Yeah. I love that you've like really prioritized your health as well, which I feel like just speaks to like the ripple effect of when you start to work on your mindset. Mm. Like you can't help but work on your body. And when you start to work on your body, you can't help but work on your relationships. And it's just like, the ripple effect of growth that happens. Also, we should look up your digestion type in human design because you can experiment with that a little with all of this too. (laughs) Oh, that sounds exciting. I feel like we we went over that at some point, but it's probably just like a bullet on the page that we didn't like super dive into. So we should definitely go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, This one is, this next one is more life coaching based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, part of it too is like being a manager that has a team of people that report into them now is also kind of part of it. But helping people to really uncover their best self is really the coolest feeling in the world. Uh-huh. Helping people to realize that like they've been hiding behind walls and walls and walls of societal conditioning and that like there is someone deeply buried in there that like wants to come out and like helping them to pull back those layers and learn about themselves is just like a really cool thing to get to be a part of. It's the coolest. And I've been having this conversation a lot recently of like, even if you don't want to be a life coach, I think anyone can benefit from life coach training. Yes. I think it can support in your career in your family in your relationships. Oh, like 100% game changer and you get to see those transformations which are truly the coolest (laughs) yeah for me it's changed the way that I interview on podcasts it has changed the way that I interact with people at work it's changed the way that I present exercises to my team and how I do their one-on-ones and like I it just has had I mean even from a an interview perspective I was interviewing candidates it shifted the way that I learned to ask questions and to get to like really deep answers with them with pretty surface level questions and it changed what I was looking for in answer there was such a deep evolution for me on just how I showed up which then has an impact on how others show up around me and you know and honestly like I went through the program at a really crazy chaotic time and like, of course, did I 100% dedicate every minute that I should have to it? Absolutely not. I was the person rewatching recordings because I would fall asleep before the actual class and um, going through the workbook days later and whatever. But like, it's still so much of it sticks with you and is so impactful in just how you show up in so many parts of your life that 
I 100% think everyone can benefit from those kind of skills. Yeah. Yep. So let's see. Um, oh, I guess this was another health one. Would have helped if I... <laughs> it's funny because I like <laughs> wrote these the other morning when I, I was like half doing yoga, half journaling and just like... <laughs> I would be like, hmm, that's a good thought. Another one. I definitely have a subtle reaction to dairy and I just keep ignoring it. But like, I notice it and I know it's there. But like, I notice how my throat feels and how my body feels after I eat a lot of dairy. And it's yeah. not a great feeling. And yet I do it anyways, because I really like dairy. But I also realize that I have this awareness to it. So I do it less because I know what it's and I'm like, I think about now is this ice cream going to be worth feeling like that later? It's just more of a conscious thought. And so even though I'm not like actually addressing the problem, I think the like, just having an awareness to, oh, my body consistently feels this way after I eat this certain thing has been something different and new for me in the mm. past. Like I would have been like, I, I don't know. I just feel like this. Like, yeah. Or like not connecting the patterns. And I think patterns have been a really powerful thing for me this year as well. Yeah, the patterns, the awareness of it all, and also just noticing, like, what are you feeding? Like, what are you feeding when you're, like, if if someone on that's listening is like, oh, I noticed that I'm feeling like that when I eat, I don't know, sugar or cheese. I don't all I can yeah. think of is dairy now. Um, just, like, noticing, like, what are you <laughs> feeding when that's happening? And it comes back to the patterns, right? Yeah. So I think that that's been something that just, like, I notice it. I observe mm -hmm. it a lot. Um, I think that's also like very life coaching of me to say, <laughs> or working with a coach even. Do you notice the patterns around you? Do you observe it? And like, think for me, I, I definitely find myself leveraging my clients with that a lot to mm -hmm. like, just brain dump, observe in the moment and like keep a notebook with them, make a voice note in their phone, uh, what is it about this thing that I'm observing happening over and like to try to not have a lot of self-judgment around it, but instead just like, hey, this is a thing I'm noticing about myself. And then like we can dive into that when we have a session, but and figure out like the root cause of that is and where that, you know, thing is coming from. But starting to notice it and observe it in the moment without judgment is like a skill that I think everyone is like should be invested in developing for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what your awareness opens up to. Like important lessons about dairy to bring into your new year. I mean, here we are. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll have this conversation next year and I probably will still be eating dairy and being like, yeah, I still don't feel good after I eat it, but I really like dairy. Ice cream's important to me. So, uh, anyways, uh, the next thing, and this one is definitely something that has come from our sessions together, but like, I think I realized how much the energy work has been really important to me and transformational for me, even in terms of money and mindset. Um, you know, money is something that like, I've had this aversion to and struggle with for a long time. And I think energy work was kind of where I started to be like, okay, I can get myself out of this and I can feel better about this. Um, and so I know that like, energy work may seem a little woo-woo for some people, but there's something deep and powerful about it that I wish people would give it more of a chance because it really, for something that was so hard for me to break down a wall on, was the thing that kind of started to shift that for me. Mm, I love that. And I think it is really supportive if you're sitting there like, oh, it is like so woo-woo and like, ugh, and you're just kind of like, how do you 
I don't even know if I could try that. I think it's actually really supportive to be like, yeah, it actually is really wild and mystical. And like, maybe we can't explain yeah. it. And like, okay. You can't. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. How would you describe, kind of putting you on the spot here, but how would you describe energy work? It was a lot of visualization, but like yeah. visualizing what something felt like within my body. Mm-hmm. Um, which A, I think brings us back to the point about having an awareness to what is going on in your body and how it yeah. feels. Um, and if they listened to last week's episode, I sat down with Sarah Weisler, who had done this like crazy year-long juice fast that she healed herself of these like chronic incurable diseases. And she just like she talked a lot about like how it started with this like mindset shift. What well, like yes, the juice was like helping whatever she hadn't eaten, not through a feeding tube in several years. Um, mm-hmm. and how like yes, there was a physical element to it, but like so much of it was like, mindset and emotional and breaking down your emotions in your body and understanding what that felt like and releasing trauma from your body and how your body keeps score and. I think for me that so much of it was like me even realizing that like in my mind, money felt a certain way inside of me. It like, I mean, I remember we went through like an exercise and you were like, where do you feel that? And I'm like, in my chest. And and, and I, I don't even know why that, like, I don't yeah. even know how I knew that, right? It just was like this very specific point in my chest and it felt like a web and it was deeply entangled with all of these years of conditioning. And I don't even, I would have never thought about it that way. Are you telling me like, go draw it out? And like, Mm. I did, I like went and drew out a scratch, ironically, back to the beginning of the episode, (laughs) scratch art um, of like what it felt like. And like that picture was like forever, like in my brain. But then it was also like, what do you want it to feel like? Drew that out too. And it's like, those images just become like burned into your brain of like, this is where I'm at. And this is where I want to go. And are my feelings starting to get closer to this or further away? Um, And it just became a really like easy thing for me to connect back to that Mm. felt more tangible, even though this is a completely intangible thing. Mm. I love that description so much. And it, I mean, yes, everything is connecting this like all full circle moment with all of your lessons of like coming back into your body. And like one of my mentors says, so like most people only think from the neck up. And you actually have a whole yeah. body going on underneath it. And so, yeah, coming back to that, like, connection with your body and noticing, like, what memories are stored where. Yeah. Um, so the next one is kind of, well, well, I've got a few, you know, I've got a few more random ones. I think I'd like Love more. It. more. So um, <laughs> visual aesthetics are really important to me. Mm. Uh, and that's, once again, a kind of a silly thing, but I when I realized that and started to like embrace that instead of being annoyed with myself for it, mm. that became a real thing to lean into in a way. I've realized yeah. that how my work environment looks is important to me and being surrounded by my brand colors <laughs> is important to me and clothes in those colors make me feel bad, bad good words are hard it's fine we we've made it to almost 6 a.m folks um I was like, not bad good um but like when I walk into a restaurant and it's not visually 
aesthetically pleasing for me, I have a hard time eating there. And instead of being annoyed with myself, now I try to pick better places or like have a suggestion so that I don't feel uncomfortable in a setting. Um, If I'm at someone's house and it's not visually appealing to me, like I struggle to have deep, intimate, connected conversations with them and just kind of noticing how like my environment does actually shape a lot of my reactions and how I like actually feel in my body in terms of like feeling safe and comfortable and able to be open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I love that one. This is surprising, but not surprisingly, not the first time I've heard someone say this this week. And so I feel like everyone needs to pay attention to their external environment and see how it's making them feel. There's something there right now. Yeah, there. I'm the universe is putting something out about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this goes back to, I guess, another one that we like, kind of talked about earlier. But um, I think it was huge for me this year to realize that it's okay to release friendships that mm-hmm. no longer serve me. Um, you know, I'm that person that like was leaving my last job that was like, yeah, I'll, like I'm gonna keep in touch. I'm gonna, you know, we'll still talk. Like I'm not gonna lose touch. And it's like. The reality is, like I said earlier, like you are going to lose touch and that's okay because some of these people were not meant to be long-term for life friends. And I think for my first like few weeks, like I found myself like sitting down at night and being like, yeah, like I'd love to catch up with this person and like, let me see. And I was still like in a group text message with some people from my last position. And it's like now that like group text comes in and I'm really pretty close to the point of being like, okay. You can take me off the message chain now. Like I just, I've kind of like worked through and released that part of my life. And this, like, it's like weird little tethers like this that like keep pulling me back to it and not letting me like fully expand into where I currently am. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's even like I have gone out to dinner a few times with different people. And it's like I go out and I'm like, like, I really enjoy still being with this person, but this person is really draining my energy and this person only wanted to talk about this stuff and like truly surface level. And I'm not having these like deep, intimate, emotional connection. That's what I'm looking for. Like I'm not looking for surface level friendships anymore. And I, sometimes I think we, we tell ourselves that that's like, if I lose this friend, then who do I have? And it's like, no, when you cut away the friendships that, or you release them and you, you don't chase them other friendships, like you, goes back to the whole creating space thing. Like you create space for more powerful connections to into your life. And like realize like when you were still in our, you know, local, like it was more powerful for me to go to coffee with you than somebody that I spent all of these hours with at work. That was Mm. a friend that I'd had for a long time because uh, the types of conversations we had and how I grew and developed from those conversations and how motivated I was to go do other things after those conversations was night and day different. So why was I, investing the time your time and your energy are like your most precious attributes right like so like I was giving away that power to people that didn't deserve that power rather than giving it to people that were actually helping me in a way so I think that was a pretty powerful realization yeah I think that was huge and I feel like it needs to be heard because I do think it's I think it's one of the hardest parts of personal growth. I think everyone goes through kind of a shedding Mm -hmm. and it can feel really lonely and it can feel really confusing. And so I love that you even shared that. 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely like I have people that I considered some of my closest friends and haven't really heard from them in a while. I reached out a couple of times and then realized that it's like if they reach back out, I would not shut the door. But at the same time, like I can't keep mentally expending the energy to reach out to them mm-hmm. and hope that they are going to have space for me right now. Like I, I don't know what they're going through and that that's okay. Like mm. I think of them from time to time, but like I can't, it was killing my own energy and like making me feel bad about myself and like just like it was having an effect on me in ways that I wasn't willing to see up until recently because I started doing so much work on myself and realizing that like I was expanding in new ways and there's just not space for everyone on your growth journey. Like people come and go for a reason and and that's okay. Like, yeah. you know, and it, like, my new job, like I have a lot of people that I like talk to every day. I think I have maybe two of their phone numbers. I used to be like, oh, what's your number? Like, let's, let's be friends. Let's be friends outside of here. And then you realize that that's how you bring like the work drama and that kind of stuff home mm-hmm. with you is because you you cross those lines and it's like it's actually been kind of good to just have like co-worker friends that are co-worker friends that like at work like we have great conversations but like I don't have to think about texting them after work when I'm home or you know it's just been a really powerful like back to I guess kind of a boundary setting thing but also just a cool kind of life evolution of observation yeah yeah I love that one um going back to things that we eat like I said, this list is random. <laughs> uh, eat what feels good, mm. not what the world tells you you have to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, and I think part of this kind of goes back to a little bit with like human design and digestion. And mm. um, I've realized that like I definitely perform, perform. <laughs> Gosh, words are really hard this morning, guys. Um, Friday, I definitely prefer <laughs> warmer uh, foods than colder foods and so like I used to drink a shake every day and then I realized that like that actually doesn't feel great in my body I would prefer soup on the middle of a hot summer day compared to a shake sometimes and why was I then forcing myself to drink shakes because that's probably impacting my digestion if I'm not excited about it and like it doesn't feel good to me um so I stopped trying to follow every you know recommendation for how to get things in and it started being like what is the Allison way to like eat the food or like even you know if I pack a lunch I'm not excited about I get to lunchtime and I'm like I don't really want it like and I and that translates to like "Mm, now I don't feel good because I ate it and you know it has this like domino effect in your life so instead being like you know what I did bring lunch today and that was great but this other thing actually sounds really good and like do I have the $8 to spend on it? Actually, I think I do because I'll feel better the rest of the day. So it's just kind of had that like mindset shift for myself of like, it. you don't have to eat what the world tells you to eat. You should eat what like feels good to your body because everyone's bodies are different. Mm, I love that one. Such a good one. All right. And this is the last one I've written down. So um, I don't really have any idea how many life lessons we've had. We've probably had like, 15 to 20 life lessons somewhere in this episode. Probably some, like you said, there were some bonus lessons along the way. Um, But my last one, and I guess this is a pretty good one to round out the episode on, but um, I 
I don't really feel the need to apologize for taking a break anymore. And Mm. I think that that especially for me has come like with the podcast, like you guys all know, like the podcast disappears for like weeks at a time. And then I come back and I'm like, oh, here's another handful of episodes. Like I used to worry about being super consistent and like, I got to put something out every single week. And it would be like Sunday night and I'm recording a solo episode that I'm really like, I'm excited about the content, but I'm not excited about recording. And so that comes across in my voice. And then I realized that I'm like preaching on the podcast to like, take breaks, honor when you need the rest, don't burn yourself out. And yet here I am like forcing myself through things that feel counterintuitive and not natural in the moment. Um, And now I just don't apologize. Like if I disappear for a few weeks, I come back and I'm like, well, this life thing happened. And we all have life things that happen. And when life happens, sometimes it's better for me to just take a break. And you know, like, we traveled a couple months ago and came back and went through the whole COVID journey here in our household. Um, I didn't catch it, but like we still had it in the household for two whole weeks. And so then it was like an extra two weeks that we didn't have podcast episodes that went out. And it was like, you know what? It's just now it's been a month (laughs) and there's been no episode, but like, that's okay. I, I shouldn't have to apologize to my listeners, to my community, to anyone that I personally was going through something and needed a break. Yeah, like that's that boundaries theme again. Like it's safe to mm, set boundaries, patterns. and yeah, yeah, and it's safe to like let yourself be in what you need because that's ultimately going to serve and support everyone else around you. Yeah, and so that was definitely that was a good one. That's and it feels like a good one to end the episode on. But also now I'm curious, what were your biggest takeaways from this conversation? <laughs> I mean, I feel like there was definitely a through line and themes as we've kind of like tapped back to and talked about several times within so many of the lessons. And so I feel like what I heard was creating space, whether that's in um, the, the process of like letting things go and stepping into new chapters. Like sometimes you have to create the space for something new to come in or whether that is actually very tangibly in your day, like creating space in your yoga routines before you jump into the day. I feel like that was like such a huge theme. Boundaries again and again. And boundaries connected to honoring your own energy. I feel like was, yeah, like a huge connection point there of like when you began to honor your own energy, you actually understood boundaries instead of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I have to set boundaries and like, it feels like this have to do and like, yeah. maybe it'll make me feel better. It was actually like, what if I understood my own energy? I felt what it felt like to operate on full. And then I could see how boundaries benefited myself and everyone else around me. So I feel like boundaries was such a huge theme. And I'd say the third through line was connecting to your body. I mean, we said it again and again yeah. and again and again. Um, our yeah. minds are so powerful and like the mindset work is so needed and connecting back to your body because that holds so much wisdom. And I feel like that's something you shared in this episode, but also something I've been able to witness firsthand over the past like mm. year or so. Uh, has it been a year of knowing each other? Probably around uh, there. Probably. Yeah. I know. And now I'm like, I got to go look up when our first episode was because that was really yeah. the catalyst of like, oh, you, you want to be a coach? Here's the coaching program I did. Oh, here's this yeah. like all of this stuff about human design. Oh, we should do this. And oh, you live local? Like, let's go get coffee. Like, and it, yeah, yeah, I feel like it just like 
we went down so many rabbit holes, but yeah. probably has been a year. Now I'm like, I wonder when we recorded yeah. that. Yeah, we'll have to go back and look. But I feel like I've been able yeah. to like witness that firsthand of you shifting from only operating from the mind into noticing yeah. your body, like being in your body. And it's been so cool to, as someone who's not, I'm not a generator, I'm a projector. And so I have quite different energy um, mm. than you. And it's been really neat to witness you like really step in that and to also feel that from you. Cause like you were saying in one of your lessons, yeah. like your energy impacts others around you. And I can truly yeah. feel that with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for reflecting all of that back because I think sometimes, like, I mean, I went down a lot of rabbit holes in this episode, but I think it was a good, like, cohesive summary for listeners that maybe haven't been on this journey as long with me or um, or maybe, you know, just starting out on their journeys. And I think that that's the other thing that I'll end on is, like, it truly is a journey. Like, mm. most of these shifts have taken place slowly and painfully over the last two and a half years, right? These are lessons, like a lot of this stuff is stuff that I learned from my first life coach that I started working with like well over two years ago when I really had no idea. I just knew I needed something and I needed to do something different and I needed a change. But like I, you don't internalize that stuff right away. Like it is a slow process of trial and error and learning about yourself and being like, oh, well, still haven't learned that lesson. And that's the other thing. Like I think the universe will continue to present you lessons over and over again until you learn them and like you'll get them in different ways and then you're like okay universe like I hear and receive this message now like but I wasn't ready for it before and I think that that's also okay like sometimes we're not ready to hear lessons and sometimes something bigger has to happen before we receive something and that's that's part of life um so I want to thank you all for um, coming along this last hour with us as we went down this journey of things I've learned heading into my 35th year. Um, this podcast continues to be a highlight for me in a lot of ways, and it's just the start of my coaching practice. So I'm very excited to see where this next year goes. But um, thanks for coming along the journey with me, Megan. This has been so fun to reflect back on it with you. Absolutely. It's been such a joy. I'm so grateful that you asked me to be here. I'm so grateful I could pull out some reflections and, and offerings for yeah. the incredible audience and space that you have here as well. So thank you. Thank you. And if my listeners want to connect more with you and follow your incredible um, journey all over Scotland, I hear you're off to Switzerland this weekend. So I assure you there's a YouTube video coming along with this. Where can they find you? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for asking. And yes, speaking of cheese and dairy, I am going to Switzerland. <laughs> Cheese, uh, mountains, and goats. Here we go. <laughs> yes. And you can find me pretty much anywhere online with my name, Megan Siemens. So at Megan Siemens on Instagram and my website's megansiemens.com. Amazing. All right, friends. Well, thanks for tuning in this week and I will talk to you all real soon. Thank you so much for coming to hang today. I know you have a lot of choices when it comes to what podcasts you listen to. And I'm so grateful that you chose to spend part of your day with me. If today's conversation helped you in any way, I would love for you to leave a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts from. And if you believe the podcast conversation could help someone else in your life, I would love for you to share it with them. The simple act of sharing these episodes with people you love really, truly means the world to me. Until next time, friends, I'm Allison, and this has been But What If You Did. 